Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee Podcast. I'm your host, David McDonald, and this week I'm delighted to say that we have both ex-grade one official Steve Conroy and Des Roach in the studio with us. Guys, how are you? Oh, very well, thank very you. Very well, thanks for asking. It's good to see you in, Steve. Normally you're just sitting at home with the slippers on, chilling out, relaxing my glass of wine, I'd imagine. Part-time, yeah. Oh, I love my slippers. Steve, all I got last week was a blinking wind tunnel coming down the back of it. <laughs> Dave and I are in here doing the hard work and you're out walking the dog. Yeah. All the cars going by in Earth and Racket, that was a big edit by the way. I'm just saying that. Looking particularly uh, dodgy walking the streets and mother will talk to you two. Well guys, it's been another busy weekend for referees across the UK and as always we're going to try and throw some light on the decisions from some of the grounds. Also coming up we're going to chat about the referees will have to explain VAR decisions to stadium crowds and television audience in a 12 month trial starting at next month's FIFA World Cup in Monaco. That'll be interesting. And also the introduction of white cards in Portugal, Des. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make my comment when that question comes <laughs> up. Uh, let's just say I don't think you'll be surprised at my answer. Mm-hmm. Guys, I remember when FIFA first announced VAR uh, was coming into the game. I was one of these guys that sat in a pub going, it's going to kill the conversation. We're going to have absolutely nothing to talk about. But my God, VAR coming into the game, we have got plenty to talk about. And it's just not going away, the conversations. I'm just going to say two words to you. Celtic penalty. Oh, wow. Why has VAR asked Kevin Clancy to review this incident at the weekend? Why has Kevin Clancy decided it was a penalty? I'd imagine most people have seen that incident now. Shots taken. It's come off a defender's foot. It's then went onto the hand of Effie Ambrose. And it was, must have been about five minutes. It felt like five minutes watching the game before the decision was made to send Kevin Clancy to the monitor to review it. Kevin's reviewed it and he's given a penalty. It's... And we, we've been saying it uh, for quite some time now. It is at the farcical stage. It is a complete joke. Nobody in their worst imaginings could have thought that something like that would be given as a penalty. It's totally ludicrous. And if that continues, sorry, you pull the shutters down. Skill has been removed from football. If that can be deemed as an infringement, you give a foul against somebody, it's because they've done something. Yep. They've done something to hurt somebody, they've done something to, what was it, the, the old word, it was an affront to the, the laws of the game. If that can be taken as, you know, a, a crime, something that needs to be acted upon, football's done. It's already, this stage, it's a complete lottery. You just boot the ball and see where it ends up. There's it's a no- farce. Nobody put their hand up. No. Nobody claimed for the penalty. Nobody even knew when they stopped the game. You could see Kevin Clancy was getting information through his earpiece. Nobody thought for a second this could this could be a penalty. Two. Nobody. I didn't see one fan, player, anybody no. test that. I mean, there's two, there's two words that perfectly describe the situation at the moment. Utterly shambolic. It's making Scottish football look like a mockery. And it's making our referees look as if they're incompetent. How the, the VAR, I believe it was Craig Napier... Um, who was in the so who was in the yeah. studio? How he can possibly think that there is some merit in getting Kevin across to have a look at this? It's not a penalty. There is no opportunity for Ambrose to get his, his hand out the road. The only thing that maybe would have saved him if it was going to his face because Conor Goldson got away yeah, a couple of weeks ago. That, yeah. But that was never a penalty. I'm actually disappointed that Kevin took it. I thought Kevin was a strong enough character that if he looked at it and went, "No, I'm not. I'm not taking that." And having spoken to some people who were at the game, they were. Totally bemused They did not know What was going on And if the fact that That you're the only person In that stadium Or in that VAR office That thinks it's a penalty Then you really need to have A good a good look at yourself The, go- the ball wasn't even goal goal It was obviously the, the shot was taken It was heading towards goals the, the, You know the, the defender has made a touch In the ball That's what's put the ball Onto Effie Ambrose's hand So even if Effie's arm Was removed 
from that equation, the ball's gone out for a corner kick. Yep. It's, and the defender, the defender's entitled to go for that challenge because he's trying to stop yeah. the, the potential goal opportunity for Celtic. But the fact that nobody was looking for it, Celtic were laughing all the way as soon as yep. that penalty was awarded. And I can guarantee you, not one Celtic player, manager, coach, fan was expecting that to be given. Nope. It's, it is totally ludicrous. Where's Ambrose meant to put his arms? I know. Wait, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what you do now in the penalty area, if it touches your hand, you're not even looking at it. It rebounds behind. Am- Ambrose probably doesn't actually realise it's no, him. No, absolutely. He did. He looked bewildered. He's like, what is everybody what looks checking? bewildered. Yeah. What are you checking? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's nothing to check. And and for weeks now, we've seen decisions where balls have come off Golson's hands when he's put them up to his face to protect his face. Also, the ball coming in the box and uh, uh, Tordry, I think it was, or I know it's Tannadice, wasn't it? The ball hit his arm. Yep. Th- these decisions haven't been given. Fair enough, because they're probably not penalties. Well, you, you guys reckon it was a penalty goal and putting his hand in front of his face. But still, <laughs> it's just it's deliberate. Just it's, it's deliberate and accidental. Uh-huh. It's madness. Utter, utter madness. And we don't see these farcical decisions made in England through the use of our. And it seems to just be perpetual to us at this moment but in time. I'm going to take slight issue with what you said earlier on. And it caged that slightly. It, it does make our guys look incompetent. It makes our guys look as though they do not have the faintest idea. But rest assured, every single week, they are acting on the instructions given to them. It's taken, we've we've said, it's going to take somebody totally ballsy who's called to the monitor and goes, nah, no. thanks, but no thanks. But from what we can gather, they're, they're meant to think... As one. So if you're called to the monitor, pretty much you're meant to be on the same wavelength, VAR and the ref. So if you're called to the monitor, then you should be agreeing. That That's what I'm... You should be. You should be. You should be. But these guys are acting on the instructions yes. given to them. So do you think do you think there'd be repercussions then if Kevin Clancy had said, no, that's not a penalty? Do you think he'd be received repercussions for the decision? I would like to think, no, there wouldn't be repercussions. I would like to think that he would be supported by the... The, the people within the SFA because it looks see if it looks stupid it generally is stupid and that was just ridiculous what it comes down to and Steve's alluded to there the, I, I've spoken to some SPL referees that are, that are operating just now and they are totally totally confused the coaching that they're getting the instructions that they're getting it's forever moving we're not going to get consistency if the real words and the real instruction is coming from the top and it's wrong then the referees are going to get wrong. They are completely frustrated in the way that this situation and system is working. The technology works, it's the people operating it. Yep, absolutely. Last week, mm-hmm. IFAB held its annual business meeting in London. It was the 18th of January, actually. And there was various things spoken about, but apparently this wasn't spoken about the handball rule. You would think that would have been front and centre of the conversation, because let's face it, it's what most of us are talking about in referee podcasts. It's what newspapers are picking up on. It is an ambiguous term. We all know that. But do you think they've, they've spoken about it and just not disclosed that they have spoken about it? Because surely IFAB getting together in London on 18th of January, they must have spoken about this and there must be things happening in the pipeline. There, there must be. And we, Scotland, we are, if memory serves, we're the 16th of the voting power of, mm-hmm. of IFAB. We should be part of those discussions. But if we haven't been raising this and discussing this, then that's another failing on our point, uh, our part. But it could be as well that, as you said earlier on, you don't hear this, the handball stuff happening in England. You don't hear about it happening no. in Spain. Do they just look on the, the I've, I've used the phrase before, the country yokels, 
just have a laugh at us and not think that we're worth discussing. Because anybody worth their salt from the SFA must be bringing that up and saying to people, how are you interpreting handball? Look at the appointments that our guys are getting in Europe. They're not. They're not. They're, they're, uh, getting, they're getting conference league games. They're not doing Champions League. They're not doing group stages. They're not doing World Cups. So at this moment in time, our stock's as low as it's ever been. And I'm sorry, but... It comes from the it comes from the top and cascades down. You've even mm-hmm. got pundits now coming out and saying, "Just give us clarity. Just make it every single time that ball was tucked in a box, regardless of a player has deliberately hit the ball into the hand of somebody. Just make it a penalty. That way, we all know where we stand and we know the rules. But right now, it's clearly not. I'm just going to jump on the back of the IFAB stuff. Okay, there will be a trial where FIFA tournaments over the next 12 months, there's ability for the referee after a VAR decision has been made to announce to the stadium and broadcast audience what has happened and to clarify the decision. So the first one is going to be next month's FIFA World Cup in Monaco. Here's my genuine question to the SFA because I know that they are fans of the podcast, right? They listen avidly. Yes. <laughs> I want you your answer as well. If Kevin Clancy had to announce to a stadium full of supporters and Sky Sports his decision to award Celtic a penalty on Saturday, how would that go? I would go down like a lead balloon. Yep. What would he say? Like, you've got the rules, the way they're written, and then he's going to try and have to, I don't know how it's going to work, justify the rules. Well, the, these guys would need to be much more diplomatic than Des and I ever were, because yeah. they're going to have to come out. You either take, <laughs> you take the bullet yourself um, and say, I, I saw it as a handball, I saw it as a deliberate malicious act in the, the, penalty, in the penalty area, so it's worthy of a penalty. Or... And again, it would take somebody who's completely ballsy to come out and say, we have, been, we have been instructed that that constitutes a penalty. Yeah. Asking that question, saying, would you, would you rather be shot or stabbed? Yeah. <laughs> You're putting them in front of, a, front of a gallery. It's just turning into NFL, isn't it? Our referees are going to run about with a cap and a black and white top on and pressing a button to explain. I don't understand why FIFA are wanting that to, to come in. I don't. I think don't it completely it. undermines the referee. But given the way that the handball is being judged at the moment, it's completely undermining the referee and their ability to make their own decision whether something is intentional or not. The laws are, laws have gone to gone to pot, hell in a handcart. I mean, deliberately touching the ball with their hand stroke arm, for example, moving a hand arm towards a ball, F.A. Ambrose didn't do that. No, no. Touches a ball with a hand arm when it has made their body unnaturally bigger. A player is considered to have made their body unnaturally bigger when the position of their arm, hand is not the consequence of a justifiable with a player body movement. So he's not done these things. No, he's... So, so how, how can a referee come out and say, right, this is how I'm going to explain it? He, he clearly can't. He, can. he? he can't say he's made himself bigger because everyone looking at that is going, no, he never. He deliberately touched it. No, he never. Absolutely. I, I, I'm flabbergasted that anybody... And the most flabbergasting aspect of it, and I'm not sure if we mentioned it, Look, we've all made a mistake with penalties. So yep. you could say Kevin missed it or Kevin gave it, you know, whatever way, and he made the mistake. Fair enough. You can, you know, you, you, you're hung by your own petard. But for a second set of eyes to look and consider it for five minutes and come up with the, uh, with that being a penalty, there is it's no justifi- ludicrous. There's no justification. And we can discuss this as long as we want, come up with numerous hypotheses of what on there. It was just blatantly wrong. We, we've said it before, now I'll say it again. Our guys are being flung under the bus. Yep. They're being hung out to dry. Not a word from the referee department. Not a single word since Crawford came out and crowed about the, the introduction of VAR. And having a go at us and saying, you know, we've got the technology, you wouldn't sign somebody in the close season and not put them in, in your squad. Not a single word 
Well, if anybody's listening from the SFA and they want to come on a podcast, they're more than welcome. We'll see if it, they'll come in. Steve will make a coffee and we can sit and we can <laughs> chat about these things. Just ultimately, as, as football fans, all we want is clarity because right now you're watching your football. You you just don't know what see if the decisions go. were. See if the decisions were correct. And I'll reference back to the the Jackie Marcus one and the, the Celtic commandant with Willie Collum and and Navar. We've got this one as well at the weekend. See if these decisions were correct. They be, they should be coming out and championing the referees yeah. for getting yep. it correct and and backing them up and bigging them up. Now you're talking Willie, who's allegedly our top referee. Come out and back him up. Do you know what? Give him that support. The silence is deafening. Now the fact that they are saying nothing to me says, "Aye, we balls up there. We got that wrong." But how you can defend it? Well, to me, you can't defend it. It's crazy as well. You've got Morton. I think the manager's Dougie Emery. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, they started the game well. Had a couple of shots on target. You know, they were playing nice football. You know, you don't expect them to go there and, and, and beat Celtic under Celtic's current form. But as soon as they get that penalty given against them, it's just, your tactics are out the window now. Yeah. And the players must have felt so deflated losing a penalty that nobody in the stadium thought it was a penalty bar the referee. And then that's it. Their game's over technically because Celtic then go and run away with it. And Morton's hopes are, are now dashed. But I'm not saying if, it, if the penalty was never given, Morton would have won the game. Definitely not saying that. I don't think that would have happened. But, you know, you might go this first half. It's a negative impact <clears throat> on the game. Yeah, absolutely. And it happens across games across the UK all the time. Uh, I think, you know, the, the big incident down south last week uh, was the Leicester-Brighton game. I think I sent you guys a mm-hmm. clip of yeah. that. I mean, you, you look at Gillette Soccer Saturday... You get Chris Boyd sitting, he's commentating on the game. He goes to Jeff, Jeff, yeah, it's a penalty for Brighton. It's going to be 2-1 here. Definitely going to be a penalty. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, that's a penalty every day of the week. Brilliant. Penalty. Uh, Jeff, no, it's not a penalty. No, it's not being given. Then goes to Jeff, who's sitting there absolutely stunned. He's watching the replays as well, going, how's that not a penalty? Everyone in the world can see that's a penalty. VAR didn't even go to it. Didn't even go to get him a referee to go and check the monitor. Quick check of it. No, it's not a penalty. But remember, VAR was and is never, ever going to be a panacea. People will make mistakes. No matter what, we will always get incidents like that where it's an opinion. Did mm-hmm. you think it was a foul inside the penalty area? Did you not? I still think that anything contentious like that should go back to the, the referee. That's a, a personal opinion. Yes. But it will never, ever eliminate. You'll never get perfection when humans are involved. But that one is different, I think, from all the handballs that have been happening up here because that is systemic. That's what our guys are being instructed to do. The lesser one, aye, it was glaring, absolutely glaring. But I don't think that you can criticise VAR because of that, because that's just been two people is that, that not mucked it up. Is that not also where, and I've said before, is that not where the referee should be allowed to say, I want to have a look at it because it's so so fast, so quickly? I'm sure, I'm sure if the referee had made the call for himself to go across and look at it, obviously we'd, have, we'd like to think we'd have overturned the decision and, and awarded a penalty. But the referee should be... You've got technology from the earpieces when you can talk to each other. You've got technology with the buzzer flags. You've got technology now that's at the side of the park that's a TV screen. Surely you as the man in the middle, you should have that prerogative for you to decide, I want to have a look at that. I would think so. But again, you know, you take it to extreme, you're going to review every incident. Of course. But tennis, you've got, what is it, three three times you can question the uh, the, the referee, the, the court yeah. decision. Have three calls where you can say, no, if I, I'm... I think I might have mucked that up. Yeah, you go and you go and review it. You know why not? Do you bring in more bar referees into, no. into no. that booth? No, 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 no. You just have one. Too many cooks. Yeah, yeah. I think it should only be the correspondence between the referee and the VAR who, who are sitting there with the the best view of all. Well, the um, current cooks just now are not serving very good dishes. Let's no, be honest. That's what we're agreeing on. But we are still laying the blame full square with 
instructions. SFA, you are to blame. But you're still welcome in for a coffee and a chat, so feel free to get in touch with us. <laughs> Bring uh, the biscuits. <laughs> off the back of the meeting with IFAB as well. They failed to agree on trialling a rugby-style temporary concussion substitute. So that would basically be when a player needs to be assessed. He's taken off the field of play. He's assessed by a medical examination. Steve, you're a doctor. It's close to your heart. How can IFAB and governing bodies not agree to a temporary substitution for concussion? I mean, surely it prevents long stoppages, gives players opportunity to properly be assessed. Yeah, why not? That's a crazy decision, is it not? I mean, at least trial it. At least, at least give us something. They're trialling, you know, refs talking to, to fans in the stadium and, and broadcasters. They're bringing out white cards. Surely the player's health is just as important as anything well, else. Or mo- probably the most important thing, actually. I'm I was going to say, yeah, much more important than white cards or talking uh, to explain a decision to the, the stadium. It's absolutely shocking and it's a complete a complete loss it's of negligence yeah responsibility they are responsible for the health and well-being of the the people in their charge that's footballers whether it's whether it's at Rook and Glen on a Saturday or whether it's at the Bernabeu it's the exact same there is no justification and we, I, I keep banging on when you see the, the statistics about the number of chronic neurological conditions that sportsmen footballers included who suffer now you can't prove it for definite but you've got Fernando Rickson died of MND. You've got yep. uh, Doddy Weir died of MND. You've got Billy McNeil died of uh, advanced dementia. Th- this is all head injury related. Now, things can happen and you, you, it can be just your luck that you get things like MND. But the statistics for sports people is shocking. The fact that they're taking away heading for youth football uh-huh. and, and training, you're not allowed to head the ball in training. Surely if someone gets a, a force to the head during a game, get them off, get them assessed, look after them. You're there, it's your duty of care mm-hmm. for all 22 people on that pitch. So why would they not go and look at this as a as, a, as an option? And you're giving, the team aren't going down to 10 players, you're bringing on a, a substitute to, to replace them. If the players deem that he can't resume, brilliant, because the medical people are looking at him and the medical people are making that medical assessment for the benefit of that young footballer or older, who has a family, who may have children, may have a wife. That's the most important thing. Because right now you're going to have, somebody's going to have a head knock. The medical team come on They might just be a couple of feet away from the, the lines They're taking them off the pitch That medical examination is now taking place The manager's looking across going When can he go back on? I'd imagine the player's adamant He's good enough to go back on Doesn't matter how concussed he is He probably feels he wants to go back on And play with his teammates The medical doctor, again If he does anything wrong That'll be negligence on his part So he wants to get the player back on But his priority is clearly the player's health as well Just get him off Put a temporary sub on For five minutes, ten minutes However long it takes to to do a proper examination And then just revert back They have the concussion subs at the moment Where you can make a full additional Mm -hmm. substitute As far as we're aware it's not really been used much Not been used But this temporary one Just trial it I don't understand why IFAB look at these things And our governing bodies And just can't come to an agreement It's been run in other sports So why not football The only thing that I can think And this is out of complete ignorance Because I'm not spoken to a soul about that I would love to I would love to bang on As much as people would let me The only thing that I can think of Is if you have the head injury The mandatory head injury assessment Whether that's 10 minutes 5 minutes You know whatever And you deem that that person Is concussed And can't continue you automatically go into a concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Your concussion protocol will take two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. If you fail, and I'm doing the uh, quotation marks, if you fail the concussion protocol assessments, you're put back another week. If you fail it another week, you're put back. So automatically having fallen foul, we'll say, of the 
uh, concussion protocol will mean that you are automatically not available for games. That's the only thing I can think of. But quite rightly so as well. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely. And I would be I'd be disgusted actually if a manager knowing that a player has potentially failed these protocols or has suffered a concussion and rushes them back, three points aren't worth somebody's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, uh, let's hope uh, future conversations they come to some sort of agreement and you know introduce that. White cards, Des. White smoke. <laughs> favourite. White smoke. <laughs> well, that's a, for people that don't know, haven't read this information. So in Portugal, they've introduced a white card. I thought it was actually a wind-up. It was like, April the 1st. It's one of these sort of April 1st, April Fool's things you expect. But no, they've not. They've introduced a white card, which is for Des. Good sportsmanship, having a, a positive impact in the game. I believe someone had fallen ill on the bench. Last night it was a Benfica against another, it was a female game and the, both medical teams from either side attended to it and the referee brandished this white card to say thank you and promote sports. It's a gimmick. It, Steve, it really is a gimmick. Do you reckon that if, if, if more a white envelope with a undisclosed sum of cash inside it probably be better received than just a white card? I mean, do you think it's going to be part of the team talk for managers? Right guys, I want you out there, but most of all I want a couple of white cards today. It's a joke. <laughs> Seriously. It actually looked as if the referee was being quite aggressive. I saw that in point away. You've done very well. You have done. Any more of that. Any more of that. And you'll get two white cards. I think you can almost bet your mortgage that that won't see the light of day in Scotland. No. Would you, would you think you'd ever see a white card in a Celtic Rangers game? Uh, <laughs> uh, only in mockery. Oh, Recent no. game right now, Koyogo could probably get one. He's always helping players up. He's always putting his hand out, and you know, if he commits a foul, he's the first one to go over there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maybe, well, I suppose Mr. Portius, he, he would collect them, wouldn't he? He's always first there. To maybe help. what they could do is they could, if you get three white cards in a game, it cancels out a yellow card or a red card, and you can bring that player back on because your team has been so so sportsmanlike. Oh, can you imagine them? It'd be like a game of chess. They'd actually be working on it. <laughs> Feigning niceness. <laughs> Running about helping each other up and all that. Well, what's happened to the game here? Terry, Terry, Terry Harlock and Roy Aitken. Oh, we get it, son. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if that gets rolled out across Europe. But yeah, watch this space. White cards. Here we go. Mm. Guys, I don't know if you've seen the Southampton-Aston Villa game at the weekend, did you? Yeah. Did you mm. see what happened? Remind me. Well, you, I don't need to remind you. If you've seen it, you must have I'm seen what happened. To... Players were removed from the field of play during the game. No. Do you know no, why? Didn't see that. Have a guess. Why would players have to be removed from field of play? During? During a game, yeah. Injury? Plays halted. All players off. All players off? Yeah. Well, two squads off the pitch, yeah. Oh, I've clearly not seen yeah, this I've one not then. Seen yeah. Floodlights broken down? No. Nope. A streaker? Nope. A broken toenail? Everybody wearing knee rings? <laughs> a a, a, no, a flare? Right. Put us out of our misery. Right, okay. There was a drone being flown inside the stadium. Oh, for pity's sake, seriously. <laughs> so somebody clearly wanted a good view of the game. I don't know if it was a BBC or your cameraman. <laughs> I don't know, but there was a there was a drone being flown inside the stadium. It was like, yeah, a bizarre moment. Yeah, but I suppose maybe if it had broken down and fallen onto a player's head, it could have caused injury. So the referee's got to do what he's got to do and, oh, and remove the players word. from the, the field of play. But that leads me on to the question, right? Have you guys ever had to take all the players off the pitch for their own safety and what happened? Not for their own safety, but I did at Hamilton one time have to take everybody off because the floodlights failed. Right. And I remember <laughs> all these things. I got a do-in afterwards because the Shock. observer, <laughs> and he was from Lanarkshire, pulled me up because I didn't check the nets again before we restarted. Oh, for goodness. <sighs> Brutal. So that's, that's the, that was the only one. Uh, the floodlights failed. Nothing else. Have you did? Or if I did, I certainly can't remember. I've not, I've not had to take um, the, the two teams off the park. I've 
had to remove myself off the park quite quickly in a few games uh, for my own for my own health and safety. Uh, checking the coupon, were you? I know, I know, no, no, no. That was never then. Can do, can do now, can do now. Uh, no, I've never had to take um, all twenty-two off the off the field to play. Thankfully, there you go. Yeah, nothing exciting in Scotland like that. And uh, it just, I suppose, another question for you is: What's the funniest ever thing that's happened to you during a game? Or is it just pure violence you received? And there's nothing funny, no. No, not not nothing. Any streakers come on and give you a big hug, Des, Steve? Nope, I... Uh, Male or female? Comment, no, never had... Well, other than uh, Alec Williams, that's the only snog I've got. You got uh, a kiss. Yeah, got, got a kiss. He never phones, he never writes. <laughs> uh, there was... Uh, one and oh, there's, there's, there's been a there's been a, a few. I'm allowed to swear on here. Absolutely. Um, I was a last minute sub. I don't know why I had my my gear in in the car. I was a last minute sub uh, uh, Albion Rovers one night because I, I I work in the the vicinity. But I was so late a sub that the uh, initial ref, his name had been read out over the the tannoy. So all intents and purposes, it was still Des that was reffing. Um, <laughs> and one of the, the shouts for the, the crowd when I came on, Conroy, you're a shit ref and you're an even shit doctor. <laughs> Obviously knows you well. Uh-huh, clearly. <laughs> One of your patients. <laughs> I don't think anything, I mean, more sort of good banter with players and ones you can sort of build a relationship over the years, you can get a bit of a, a, bit of a crack. I don't think there's anything being, being wild. I remember... Um, I was at Morton, I was at Morton Thistle, and it was a stupid foul, nothing really happened, but all the crowd, it was even Morton and Thistle were going to win the league, and one of the players, was the crowd was anticipating him being sent off or being booked, and he's run into me and he's giving it, for F's sake, Des, I've not done anything, and I went, I know you've done nothing, I said, but what are you having for your dinner tonight? <laughs> and he's looking at me, what? <laughs> was that Saturday night? I said, I, I, I tend to go for a Chinese myself, and I'm, I'm sort of pointing and make it look as if I'm angry, and I'm going, so come on, you just go in your Chinese, and they send them away. And the players came by a couple of minutes later and he went, that was brilliant. He said, I know exactly. I said, nah, well, they're expecting me to talk to you. I said, but there's nothing in it. So are you getting a Chinese? <laughs> and any time I had him after that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't name the player. He always runs by me or used to run by me and say, no, it's Indian tonight, Des, or it's pizza. What are you getting? <laughs> so, so the refs do that quite a lot then. Do they speak to a player? But really, they're just doing it just to play to the galleries going, I better just have a wee word to you. Well, Not because I need we to. Did. But we did. Aye. Yeah. I think the worst one ever done. Was, uh, and it has been quoted so I can come back. Scott Agnew used to play for Rangers and mm-hmm. he was at Stranraer and Dumbarton. Stranraer were playing breaking and uh, it was 2 1 to breaking way, but a minute to go. And Aggie put the ball down and I said to him, Put that in the top corner, I'll give you my match fee. What is he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, if you're listening, um, my wife's got my money now. <laughs> she didn't even give him a match fee. That's terrible, Des. I know. But it was a great free kick. <laughs> the only one ever. I know. Well, see, guys, thanks very much for joining us this evening. If you want to get involved with Referee, then please do so. Send us your comments, quotes, questions, whatever you've got for the guys. Yeah, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Cheers. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>